In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie, and you are listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast powered by Yellow Jacket Media about mixed and multiracial life, our journeys to find our identities, reconnecting with ourselves and the communities we're a part of, all from a Southern girl who's still trying to figure out things for herself. So I'm sure you've seen the news right now, at least in passing. Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, and her husband, Prince Harry, are stepping down from their royal duties and separating themselves, in essence, from the system that has them under such harsh ridicule. I have my sometimes partner in crime, Charmaine from Militantly Mixed, a black Brit, as she describes herself, joining me on the show to talk about this because I want to have a little more perspective. Granted, we're still pretty America-heavy, but you guys know I like Meghan Markle, okay? So, UK listeners, I love you. If I get something wrong, don't hate me. And I hope you enjoy this conversation where you can't tell at all that Charmaine and I are friends and familiar with each other. Hello, everyone. We have a special guest today because we're going to be talking about something that is big in the news and we both have opinions. We have Charmaine from Militantly Mixed back with us. Yay! I, I'm not going to make you like, hi, I'm Charmaine. <laughs> hi, I'm Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl <laughs> I feel like if you listen, you probably already know her. Like, I mean, you you and I both reference each other so frequently on our separate shows, I think, uh, at this point. Hi, everybody. I'm Charmaine, host of Militantly Mixed. <laughs> just in case you're new <laughs> if you're also new i guess you don't know what your mix charmaine so that is it's uh integral to the discussion yes. at hand <laughs> it um, is very integral <laughs> so i am a black japanese caucasian british and appalachian caucasian West Virginian American. So I have, <laughs> it's too much. I'm Black Japanese, English, and a mix of some kind of German, Irish, Scott, Appalachian white folk. Um, but I was raised with a British grandmother in my household on one side of my family and a Japanese grandmother on the other side of my family. But my Britishness is squeezed through the lens of being a mixed Black Brit. Does that help? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I said it's it kind so of... different than I've ever said it before. <laughs> it is very different, but it it makes sense in the context. If mm-hmm. you guys haven't been watching the news, you might not know. But I talked about. Are we still calling her Meghan Markle? Does she change? Well, she's her last the name? Duchess of Sussex. Yes, the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle. We talked about her when, like, way back in the day when she got married, and now we have. I don't even. <laughs> This scandal, this yeah, I don't know what craziness. to call it. They're calling it Megxit, which just oh, I hate that. Yeah, I want to punch someone in the face for this. So uh, I'm here because being a mixed Black Brit who's also an American, uh, I have crossover like in terms of heritage and background with what's going on here. Although Megan is kind of, I mean, she's a mixed Black and white American who is going to have a mixed Black. British child so 
yeah. I guess I'm going to relate more closely to what her child's experience is going to be like than uh, than hers. But I I kind of feel like I have a dog in this fight. I don't know how to. <laughs> I mean, my only dog in this fight is that I was excited to see as a mixed person, as someone who is mixed with black, to see something like this happen in a very white centric family. Extremely. Yeah. So I was just excited, honestly, and you never, it was something I never realized was possible until it happened. And I don't mm -hmm. think anybody really thought it was a possibility. I keep thinking about the Princess Diaries with, what's her name? Anne, yeah, so Anne Hathaway and the Princess Diaries, and she finds out she's a princess from Genovia, because <laughs> I was like, 14 and I love this movie when it came out. <laughs> I know it spoke to a lot of people that were about like 10, 15 years younger than me. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it was like, I wouldn't say pivotal. It was just one of those iconic movies from my childhood. Mm. And so, but she's white. And that's the story that we've always seen. This princess, Cinderella, these other princesses, they're all white. And to have someone who's mixed, it was like, the story we all wanted, but it was real life. Right. I think that's what made this situation even more gutting for people like me mm -hmm. to see how she was treated because we were all excited for progress. Right. And the only progress that happened was Harry fell in love with her. That's it. <laughs> right. And, you know, I got to give props to Harry to, uh, because, like, this kid's life was definitely not supposed to go this way. This kid was supposed to be part of a system, of a very archaic system that, you know, had his whole life mapped out for him forever. Yeah. And because of the death of his mother and because he's really kind of the first monarch we ever got, British monarch in particular, that we ever got to really see emotional. Like he was a 13 year old boy and we got to see him grieve for his mother during her funeral. And this was not this is not a very comfortable British experience. You know, the term stiff off her lip is so embedded in the British culture. You're not supposed to show emotion. That is not the British way. And to see this little boy grieve for his mother because of the way essentially she was murdered. I mean, it's an accident, but it was an, a quote unquote accident and we'll never right. know the truth. Well, yeah. OK, that too. Yeah, it's it's brutal what happened. And he was just a child when it happened. And so he his path diverges from the normal monarch and from that moment on i mean wills as well but no matter what will wanted his life was going to be a certain way because he's the direct heir mm -hmm. harry had a little bit more wriggle room and once will finally had three kids and he got pushed down in the line of succession his path was able to diverge even further and he started to live his own life i think yeah. Let me explain that for people who aren't familiar really quickly. We are talking about Meghan Markle, the Duke and Duchess, Duchess of yeah, Sussex. Duke and Duchess of Sussex. We're talking about Prince Harry. Is he? I don't know how it works. Oh, so he's so always Prince Harry. So he okay. the the way that the way the monarchy works <laughs> is that you have your your main title, and he is a Prince of Windsor. He is a Prince of Windsor, basically, right. because his family, the current ruling monarchy is the Windsors. So he he was the spare, basically. You have to have a spare. You have heir and a spare. So he was the spare and he was put there basically in place in case something ever happened to Will. 
when Will gets married and has three children, his children becomes the direct heirs. So it, it, now the way the current line of uh, succession is Charles, Will, and I forget the order of his children, but I think it's George, Charlotte, and the third one. I don't remember. <laughs> I think you're right. I honestly, I do not keep up with the family. I don't really like monarchies. Yeah. It's not because I'm a red-blooded American or anything. It's just <laughs> genuinely, I don't like the idea of people who are in power a just because class, they were yeah. born yeah, a hereditary ruling class is really scary to me because you're going to yeah. have some dummies. You're going to have some ones that just don't get it. And they're so removed from like to be a symbol of British people and not be able to engage on a regular basis with your own British people. Like we know British people better than they know British people, probably because they don't interact. They don't, you know, like they don't work around the town and hang out and shit like that. So, I mean, the symbolic power of the monarchy is so strong that people don't even realize the British monarchy, they're not even English. They're Germans. Huh? They're Germans and Russians that have married and married and married and then ended up on the on the throne through Queen Victoria's <laughs> family. Yeah, they're ethnically not English. They're ethnically mostly German and Russian because the royal families of Europe a lot of them are very related and closely connected, but the family that becomes the Windsors come from the czars of Russia and the the kings and queens of Germany. And then they realize once World War One is coming up that, oh shit, there's some stuff going on in Germany and the Brits are going to, they're going to take away the monarchy if they think of us as Germans. So they changed their name to Windsor oh. to be more, British sounding. And then even as Prince Philip marries into the royal family, he is also a royal. He is of Greek and German and Russian heritage as well. He was a prince of Greece before he married Elizabeth. Well, he was like a deposed prince. It's a whole thing. But uh, yeah, so they're not ethnically British anyway, but they are the symbol of Britain because the all of the monarchs of, of Europe intermarried and everything like that. And this is important because, like I said, the Prince Harry and his wife stepping down from their royal duties. And I don't think anyone has come out and blatantly said why, but we all know why. Yeah. Well, it's why I even mentioned that they're not actually English, because I think it's important to see what's happening here with what's going on with them. Megan is an attack on the symbol of cold not cold-blooded i meant to say blue-blooded but um <laughs> blue-blooded brits like you know like <laughs> you know she, she is different she is outside she is an other to us us in the royal sense and so her coming into the family really stressed everybody out because they're like we're not used to otherness we're not used to difference and what's going on in britain right now is also at play here so Britain is is teetering on the edge of being dominated by people who have immigrated to the country. And I don't mean dominated politically, I mean dominated population-wise. And so you're going to start to see a tilt. And in our lifetime, there may be a tilt that goes towards more of a higher population of Muslims than the Church of England or Protestants or Catholics. So there, there's concern in their country about stuff like that. And England is going to become more and more brown. The only thing is it's only going to be more and more brown in 
London and in Manchester, like in these cities, these larger cities, the countryside still remains very, very white. And so although those populations exist, all they see is this attack on the crown in the form of a brown woman coming in. And it seems like it's too scary or it's going to unseat the monarchy when a whole bunch of stuff that is happening, that has been happening for years, has the potential to unseat the monarchy. In the time that the Queen Elizabeth has ruled, the monarchy has gone from having a lot of power to very little power and primarily symbolic power. There's still things that she can do. She can still dissolve the government of Australia. She can't dissolve parliament in England anymore, though. Yeah. She can, like, reject bills passed by Parliament, but she hasn't used that power either. Right. She she basically still has to sign every bill into law. So there's still power there to a degree, but she's so pigeonholed by wanting to maintain the monarchy that to deny anything that Parliament puts up, she's afraid will unseat her family. So she's going to go along with Parliament. She should be afraid because we're living in a world. It's not a modern concept. Monarchy is not a modern concept. So whatever the future is for if Charles becomes king or if they skip and go directly to Will, that'll become even more symbolic. So they're clinging on for dear life to maintain some level of Britishness, you know, so that their family continues to be able to be a symbol because they draw all their money off of taxpayers' dollars in Britain and things like that, whatever. So now, like, so you have all of this, right? Putting this in your mind while you're also seeing this brown woman from America, the people that left us, the people who rebelled (laughs) against us, the criminals of Britain, basically, you're bringing one of them into the fold. And on top of that, she's brown. Yeah, You know, like, so there's a lot of stuff like, so I want to say this, all this, because I want people to understand that Yes, this is a racial issue. There's definitely race at play, but there's also historical fear of the loss of the monarchy. So this is a very different thing for Americans to understand is that Americans put our ethnicity first and then our citizenship. Everybody else in the world puts their nationality first and ethnicity comes after. Right. And so because Harry is sixth in line for the throne i believe it's not as pressing it's not as fearful to that he's going to end up because basically will and his entire family needs to be wiped out before harry is even at stake which is why they all fly separately and travel separately that kind of stuff so no one's really worried that there's going to be a brown king queen on the seat of the british monarchy but they still are used to status quo and she threatens that by her appearance so that's why it doesn't matter what she does she's going to be the wrong person and the thing is harry is very well liked and he's very because he is something he steps outside of it a little bit well, he's been Britain's bad boy forever. He was. He made mistakes. He wore a fucking Nazi costume for Halloween and thought it was funny, but he was a 21-year-old kid in, in Las Vegas doing drugs and fucking, you know, so yeah. he did some stupid shit, you know. But then he grew up, and you got to see him grow up really quickly. And then when he fell in love with Megan and fought for her, a lot of people were like, he's like, uh, he's he's a regular guy. He's going to fight for the woman he loves yeah. against the ancient fucking monarchy like he's an archaic system he's a really archaic system so he so the people start to really attach to him but then it starts to make people realize oh shit 
I have to decide, am I, is it more important to me that a prince is going to fight for his commoner love or that a brown woman is going to mix into the royal line? Like, mm-hmm. so it starts to reveal things about people as they decide if they're going to accept this. And, you know, we've, we've seen the headlines that show things side by side, Kate and Megan, and how they'll treat Kate and Megan for the exact same thing, totally like differently. Like that stupid off the shoulder, off one shoulder dress. Mm-hmm. <sighs> or the that baby bump so cradling mad. the baby bump. And they're saying that, you know, Kate is this like picture of early motherhood, but Megan is somehow trying to show off, yeah. you know, and things like that, or try to gain sympathy. When if you can't be empathetic to a mother carrying a child, I mean, you got to know you're the baddie. So we have um, we have this all this kind of stuff. And the British press is brutal. Like they're not even we think we have it tough here, but they are fucking Oh, it's no there. holds barred. All of that pile, all that. On top of seeing Prince Harry, this is why I'm, even though I have the feelings that I have about the royal family, uh, which are very conflicted because of the way I was raised, I'm really digging Harry because not only is he standing out um, of outside of the family norms, he was trying to maneuver within the system for as long as he could. He's like, look, we're going to step away from taking taxpayer dollars. So we'll Mm -hmm. remain royals, but we won't take any taxpayer dollars for this. Who else did think something like that? Michelle Obama. She never took her budget for her outfits that is part of the American taxpayer budget. She never took it. And I guarantee you, Melania is using it. Absolutely. Um, But Michelle Obama says about it, she goes, I knew that I could never win in this thing. And if I was taking this money, they would forget that every white woman that came before me also took this money mm-hmm. but and so she paid out of pocket for every single thing that her and her daughters wore um and kate and and some rare occasions when they were donated something they made it public that it was donated so that they knew that it wasn't going to remain in their possession and everything like that um that it would go back to the people who were donating it they weren't going to keep any of that kind of stuff so harry and megan were maneuvering under similar types of things they're like okay you're uncomfortable with there being a brown person in the in the british royal family okay we'll no longer take taxpayer dollars which means we'll have to live a more independent life which means we're going to have to work which they were okay with they were okay with and they were moving along those lines but because of the queen trying to maintain the status and also trying to you know keep the monarchy at play and listening to the opinions of the masses which you're not going to satisfy every part you just have to at some point decide who do you want in power more they ended up saying there's no way we can make this work so if you're going to step out you're going to step all the way out the sacrifice in quotation fingers is that they are no longer given the title of his royal highness or her royal highness so i guess that's what i was starting about saying the titles he's always a prince of windsor but he is also the duke of sussex because that's the title he was granted at his marriage but he's also going to have other titles and i don't remember all his titles because i can't it's very it's a very long list it's a whole bunch of things you know in the same way that game of thrones was like first of their name you know blah 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 blah. free of slaves 
dragon's breath of pern is the same <laughs> except for it's like a territory that they are the on paper governor of in some way shape or form <laughs> like so he's got a bunch of these but the duke and duchess of Sussex is their main operating titles when they're doing public work you know royal work but they're always greeted so you would greet megan and harry with his royal highness her royal highness um they've taken that away from them they also took that away from princess diana when she divorced charles yes so she she got to remain Princess Diana, but she was no longer her royal highness, which means you no longer had to curtsy if you greeted her and blah, 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 blah. Which is something that's put in the headlines right now. So it's good that you're explaining that because I was actually going to ask you, uh, the American media is making it sound like they have been dethroned in a sense. Right. It's so weird what it what a situation like this makes me realize how much I learned as a child about the the royal family that I know this much about it is so stupid because I had absolutely no need of knowing this information. But I grew up in a in a family where I had a British grandmother who married a black American man. My father, you know, and his siblings were all half black caucasian brits you know we had pictures of the queen as you entered the home which we practically curtsied and bowed to like they were like icons for religious people you know like how you would enter a space and if there's an icon i guess religious people are supposed to like bow or kiss it or something like that orthodox people do that i think yeah and it was not something that people british people normally do but i feel like this was a trait this was like a holding on to my home country type of thing and so Mm. we were taught this respect of the of the queen and things like that. Um, and then when I would go to my grandmother's house on my Japanese side, she was just obsessed with the royal family, the British royal family. She thought that them as like, you know, something to covet, something to look up to. Mind you, she also comes from a country that has an empire, an emperor, you know. Yeah. Oh, similar type of situation where they're primarily mostly symbolic at this point. You know, Japanese has their own prime minister and all that other kind of stuff. And he is technically the head power of the country but symbolically the empire the emperor has a say in some aspects of government just like the the british monarchy but my grandma didn't care about the japanese empire she cared about the british empire (laughs) so i couldn't escape the british monarchy no matter where i was in my in my childhood so it's really it's one of those things where like i'm still raised here as an american mixed kid so like as an american and not like a hot-blooded, red-blooded American, but as just like a person whose citizenship is in this country. I don't give a fuck about royalty. Like royalty is not okay. You know, royalty is puts me in a position of poverty, puts me in a position of not being able to gain power. And we don't live in the era where a war helps us gain merit and, and rise right. in the ranks. Like that used to be the thing. That's not how it works anymore. And and both of us are atheists in because we don't believe in authority without like any reason. I mean, that's like one divi- of the reasons. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like to have someone you hold in such high regard for being born. Yeah, she's may have done some good things or pivotal things in her life. But she the fact still remains that she was in this position because she was born into this mm-hmm. position. She didn't earn it. Right. And that is what bothers me when it comes to royal families in general. But I feel like we have two situations here. We have, uh, I remember watching a lot of interviews around when they got married and they were interviewing black British people. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of them said that they were excited where they'd never been excited before. They hadn't cared about the royal family. They hadn't followed what they were doing. But now they were going to follow because there was going to be a black princess. And that's what they kept Mm -hmm. saying. And that's what the press in Britain were calling her. Some is not a good thing. And so you have this area where she has become a symbol for people who are not ethnically English in Britain. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have this very real, very disgusting attack against this woman who, because she loved someone who happened to be a prince, Mm -hmm. is crucified. I mean, they're essentially calling her uppity, like she was stepping totally outside of her of her space to even deign to get the affections of the prince, right? Like, as if it was entirely calculated on her part, and Harry just had no fucking say. She was set up on a blind date by her friends. Right! And and the reason why that date was set up was because Harry saw a picture of her and it was like, can I hit that? Like, yeah. So I mean, somebody seriously. set me up with her. I want that one. <laughs> you know, that's what happened. I mean, here's the thing. Like, listen, to, listen to what you said. You said the black British people being interviews were saying they were finally going to start paying attention to the British monarchy because there was going to be a black princess. And other people were saying how, you know, they weren't going to be a, re- a real and true proper British person, right? An ethnic British mm-hmm. person. That's why I said earlier, listen to what we're talking about on this grand state. We are concerned about a non-British person sitting in a royal family when the royal family itself ceased to be ethnically English years ago. Yeah. At the end of the day, even if you're you're a lower scale white than the rest of the white people are, are comfortable with, they'll go with them before they go with us. You know, that's what we're dealing with, with this stupid shit. As someone who's mixed, it's very, very difficult. And I... I had to stop following the stories because I would get so enraged seeing the things that they said about her. And Mm -hmm. in defense of Megan, as if I hadn't been in defense of her this entire time, (laughs) she put up with and bore all of this criticism with grace. And I don't know if I could handle that at all for any length of time. Like These people were essentially being the most racist I've seen Brits be mm-hmm. uh, outside of regards to Muslims, which is a completely different situation. It's just been really difficult. And I am very, very proud of Harry for what he's done for the love of his wife. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, yeah, being a royal is a prestigious <laughs> position, mm-hmm. birthright. And he was raised with this birthright and no matter what i think about it this was an identity or is an identity that he has and he is giving up all of this just like she did Mm -hmm. for the sake of his wife and i and his children Mm -hmm. when he said i lost i'm not gonna lose my wife and son the way i lost my mother that was it that was right there like that gutted me and i didn't i didn't get to see the video clip of him saying i don't know if that's on video i just got to see the quote yeah and when i saw the quote i mean i was gutted by that like it's just like let's not forget like yes these kids were raised in this opulence and in this lifestyle and everything like that but at the end of the day he was still a little boy who lost his mother in a brutal fucking way and seeing the treatment of his wife 
mirroring, but also a little bit probably more toxic, the treatment of his mother. I imagine major PTSD kicking in and being like, I have to do something to save my family. This is why I'm like super kind of pro Harry right now, even though I feel the way I feel about the the monarchy, because you know what? I don't think Wills would have done that. And luckily, we'll never know. <laughs> Will kind of barely fought for the love of his life, you know? Like, he strung her along for a decade before he yeah. finally married her, right? Whereas Harry was like, I want that one. And not only do I want that one, I want that one now. And they're like, don't you want to wait a couple years? And he's like, nah. Nope. And then he gets her and he's like, uh, y'all are treating her like shit. I'm out. It hurts. Yeah. But I'm out. I'm really, really glad that somehow, somehow being raised in the environment he was raised in, he still had the fucking uh, strength of character to be like my family, my family I made, not the family who is dictating this life to me. Right. And he's not writing off his family. No. He's he's doing something that I hope anyone would do and is making his life and the life of his family as easy and as free of this kind of pressure and hatred that the pressure that we can't forget almost broke him when he was young. That's why he went crazy. Of course, he's going to want his kids to have a different life. Of course, he's going to want to protect his wife from as much of that nonsense as possible. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, for me, I haven't been talking about it on my show, and that's something you and I talked about kind of off air or whatever, Um, because whatever the soft version of a triggering thing is, is kind of what I experience when I hear about their treatment of Megan, Um, because I have an experience of being a mixed black Brit who, although raised in America, very much raised with some British ideals or British access to Britishness in some way, shape or form in my childhood, you know, like with my grandmother in my house, I have these weird fascinations with aspects of British culture and and even the monarchy to a degree because of the ways I was raised. Um, but because I am a person of mixed race and, and in particular because I identify more with my black side than the rest of my ethnic heritage, they fuck up with us. Like they're harsh to us. And it's hard for me to find ways that I can love or, or appreciate aspects of British culture, knowing that at the end of the day, I would not be accepted. I mean, in England, standing next to my Caucasian British cousin, people would ask, why are you, what's happening here? You know, we were like, we're like 15 years apart in age. And we definitely don't look like two people who would be hanging out, but we're related. We're family. Uh, We love each other. We're walking around England together. And, and in London, and a couple of times when we would tell people we were cousins, they were like, adopted you know like it was everything in their power to not feel welcome and the country that was the the only country of ethnic origin origin i've ever been to you know like i haven't been to japan yet i haven't been to gabon i have only been here in america where i grew up and and where i was born and and england where my grandmother came from so it was like really fucked up to have that personal experience so i feel like again i don't like the word but I feel a kind of way whenever this kind of stuff comes up because I feel like my experience would be very similar to Megan's and Harry's child. He's going to yeah. have an American mother. He's going to have a British father. He's going to be mixed. You know, he's going to not fit in either world, which 
all of us mixed people can identify with in a you know, some aspect or another. I'm welcomed around black people. I am. I'm treated like a black person predominantly. Occasionally, somebody, some black person reminds me I'm not all the way black and that I won't have similar experiences, yeah. which I understand. But like, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt when it happens. Yeah. I'm more white than anything ethnically. White people are not welcoming of me or accepting of me. My black and Japanese blood has negated any whiteness that I have access to with white people. So I reject it too, to a degree. You know, it doesn't hurt as bad to reject it, but it like where the British stuff is concerned, it kind of does just because I was actually raised slightly in a British culture um, in my household. And the Japanese do it to me as well. I'm not Japanese because I wasn't born there and I'm not full blooded. Yeah. And that's something we've had a few people on here who are mixed with Japanese. And that's just something that is a part of Japanese culture for a few reasons. But, you know, from my point of view, what's happening to Megan and Harry is the personification of what every mixed person is afraid of. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what kind of relationship you're going to be in, no one's ever going to be your exact mix unless you're like perfectly biracial and you or find a fucking from the same family, which is <laughs> what happened before. <laughs> well, <laughs> that is why the British aristocracy looks the way that they look because they were always marrying their direct relatives. <laughs> yeah, there's that. But you know, I it's this is the fear everyone has. Like, I know that I dated people who I knew ahead of time their parents or their family wouldn't accept me. Mm -hmm. I always knew that no matter what relationship I would be in, we would be a mixed interracial couple. Our kids would be even more mixed. Mm -hmm. I've had people say, like, what are you going to do with your kids? Because your kids will be just so mixed mixed up that they can't have an identifier. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay. Like... <laughs> Yes, tell me Good. more about how my ch mixed children are gonna have. Like, <laughs> I, you know, people are crazy and they play with their words in some ways. It's good, and in some ways, they shouldn't. They know so much more than we do, right? And when you're in these situations, I don't know how she's dealing with it because we don't. At the end of the day, we don't know these people, right? Like personally, but I can only imagine that. She had this knowledge as well that whatever relationship she was going to be in, there's always a possibility that there would be some kickback. Oh, sure. So this is this weird thing about people fantasizing about becoming princesses and shit like that, right? Like, what do you think their life is like? They live in she a gilded cage. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that's the most important thing to me. She can't have shrimp. <laughs> Uh, I know I was mad when I found out she couldn't wear her hair curly. I was about to go to bat for her. <laughs> exactly. Like, listen to this life that we're coveting. We're talking about someone that has very strict rules about how they're meant to dress in public, how they're meant to be presented, how they can't show their emotion when they feel something. So when they do show their emotion, they're treated like they're somehow flawed like i think back to that time when the press may not have quite realized yet that uh charles and diana were struggling and they take that uh, diana poses for a solo picture in front of the taj mahal and that's when the world was like oh fuck you can't pose in front of the symbol of fucking romantic <laughs> royal love solo where the fuck is charles you know um, <laughs> like 
look at this life. Like, this is what we want. This is what, what our daughters want to aspire to become princesses so that they can live in a gilded cage, be dictated to not be able to have their own voice. And if they accidentally share their own voice, they are fucking ousted. Yeah. And if you are out there and you want to be a prince, like if you have this reverse fairy tale, look at that too. Because I, I guarantee you. I mean, be Prince fun. Philip to this day, this this dude is 137 years old and pissed off that he is not king. You know, <laughs> like because he married someone who was going to be queen, he didn't get to be king. And he is bitter, bitter about this shit. <laughs> so this is not <sighs> a thing for us to be aspiring to or even respect very much it's so archaic at this point and if we haven't learned that archaic systems don't work for growth and modernization at this point i don't fucking know i'm i mean i don't know what you do with the aristocracy at this point i don't know if you just like because it's not just the king and queen and the and the rest of the royal family it's also like the dukes and the fucking lords and shit like that that have seats all throughout england What's that guy? The guy who played Jon Snow. Yeah. Uh, the I don't know his name. The guy who played Jon Snow is also royalty. I think he has a title like Sir That's right. Lord. He's like the third cousin to a something or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, there's a lot of titled people. Even in my British family, although our origins are from being Spanish pirates that were captured and, and jailed in England, they eventually married into, there was a duke in my family history, and then eventually became common again down to my family. You know, So we don't have titles anymore, but there was a period of time when my family had a title there as well. Um, this aristocracy that they have is really fucking weird. And I do want to clarify that we are talking about the system of a monarchy being a problem. We right. obviously recognize that there are individual people in the situation and they have feelings. And they blah, might blah, be blah, yeah, regular ass people and things like that. I just, I don't know. Like it's, it's a class thing. It's a prestige that's unearned. You know, I mean, look, there has been kings and queens that were born with mental illness issues or developmental illnesses, and they were actually still king and queen. And so other people had to rule in their stead. But because yeah. the symbol is so powerful, they let them stay on the throne because the hereditary line was more important than whether or not they were the right rulers. This is what we're talking about. And I like I look at Harry and his willingness to step aside from his birthrights, I guess, in order to protect his family. He at this point would be the person who would be more worthy, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I would prefer someone like that on the throne, someone who's willing to do whatever it takes for their family. Yeah. I mean, technically, there's a lot of things that uh, Americans don't really know much about Charles, but Charles was actually really similar. Like, although he is definitely a part of this machine, he fought against his family a lot in his early days. He embarrassed, quote unquote, the family by sharing his personal views on the treatment of the Welsh. And I think the royal family has learned something from that. And maybe that's why they did. I hate that I'm about to say these words. Allow Harry to marry the woman that he loved and yeah. even now allow him to step aside from his duties as a royal. Again, he's no he's not not a prince. He's still Prince Harry of Wales, you know, when the House of Windsor and stuff like that. He's still the Duke of of Sussex. He's going to have the titles. The only thing that's removed from him is his royal highness. Protocols will shift for him. He's not going to be bowed to the same way and all that kind of shit like that. It's not really that I mean, much honestly, of a change. Honestly, 
to someone like Harry, I feel like that might be a relief more than anything. Yeah, he, he might not fucking care about that. Like, that was one thing about Will when he first um, decided not to return to Buckingham Palace right away after his um, his military training. He was like, I got to cook my own breakfast at school. <laughs> like, I just want to be able to make that fucking omelet without somebody, you know, like being like, oh, sir, you know, your hands. <laughs> 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 you can't uh that's that's present work that's not prince work you know this conversation is just so complex there's so many nuances to this and i'm sure that someone who are, is listening right now we've probably offended you <laughs> like yeah and i'm sure i'm gonna have some aspects wrong too like i have my entry point as an american who was raised with a british woman in my household and you know i know what i know which is filtered through other people's lenses or whatever right so i might have gotten some of this wrong as well and i'm just an american who's part black and you know it felt some type of way about right like (laughs) we feel protective of her obviously she's a sister of ours because of her mixed race heritage and you know we we see her being brutalized in the media and we're just like fuck like we can't win you know even in the love story we can't win (laughs) yeah this is supposed to be that fairy tale that we've been fed forever and i you know it wouldn't matter to me what kind of mixed color person of color type thing she was I 100% would have been on her side, but especially because I didn't grow up with that kind of princess story. Mm -hmm. And then this story happened. I was like, oh, this is so sweet. And finally, we're going to have this role model and kids growing up will see that they actually in real life can achieve things. Not necessarily that this is an achievement, but you know what I mean? I I was excited about that. and. After seeing how she was raked through the coals, I'm not willing to say she should have to put up with it for the sake of what her marriage symbolized because she right. should not be a sacrifice for progress. Right. And I mean, honestly, like, even... <laughs> yeah, know? right. I mean, even the whole thing about like her bearing this with grace kind of hurts to even say those words, right? You're like, you yeah. know, that one interview where someone talked to her about um, the challenges of, of postpartum depression and pregnancy and things like that and she like it was like a cartoon right her eyes filled with tears and then she had to like choke them all the way back because she's a royal now you cannot supposed to show that kind of emotion and you know she took her couple beats and we got to but we got to see it we knew what was happening the fact that she had to choke it back and and that's actually i mean in that case that's also a british royal thing but in a lot of cases it's a black woman thing right we're not allowed to express our emotions the way we express our emotions or the way we would naturally express our emotions we are supposed to express our emotions through the comfort of white receivers (laughs) of seeing that right then we're at risk of being labeled a certain way because a white woman can cry just like Kate Middleton could wear a dress and then mm-hmm. a person of color can react the or specifically a black woman can react the same way and they are, are a loud black woman mm-hmm. or just you know flying off the cuff they're seen more as more dramatic mm-hmm and in the same thing like all the stereotypes that that work against us, and work for us like worked for us in our community but work against us in their community like that there is no winning for a person like megan you know in her situation there is no way like look at look at how fucking beautiful she is she's gorgeous even her being pretty isn't enough whereas in a lot of cases being a pretty white woman 
gets you by. It got Diana through a lot of shit that people would have normally like ostracized other people for. Things that she well, she did. stole. She stole the commoner's heart. I've heard that said a lot. I was just old enough mm-hmm. to remember when she died. So okay. I was born in 91. She died of what, 95 or so? Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I, yeah. Well, no, see, I was in college, was weren't she? Uh, 95 or 96, somewhere, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. So my mom watched her funeral. And so I remember her funeral very young. And I was like, oh, a princess died. And it was sad. Like, I was... Four. Oh, so. Right. so I wasn't even thinking about your access to Princess Diana being different than mine. For me, she's the people's prince. Like that was a label that that she kind of created for herself that fucking pissed off the queen. And the people fucking loved her. See, I only know that in retrospect. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I admired her too. Like uh, she was... You know, in the same way people are like, not my president, or he was my president. She was my princess. Like, she was an, an outsider mm-hmm. who came in and, and wrecked shit up and, like, forced them to modernize and and things like that. And then she was, but she did it elegantly and with grace and da-da-da-da-da. And then when she did go trashy, like, when she fucking did that interview, the Bashir interview, where she basically just dimes on everybody. Like, part of me oh is kind of like oh shit she snitched and other parts of me is like go ahead and switch on those people you know like i was i had a whole bunch of mixed feelings about her and when she died i fucking mourned too i stayed up in the middle of the night i watched the funeral i cried my fucking eyes out when i saw harry and will behind the coffin like oh god like it fucking killed me yeah, see, I was too young to understand what in the world was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So yeah, like there's there's a weird kind of weight for me to hear something like Harry saying, I lost my mother this way. I'm not going to lose my, my wife and child this way. That flashes me right back to that 13-year-old boy walking behind the coffin. You know, like, and that that's why I was so gutted because I was just like, oh, that's PTSD. Yeah, I mean, I can. I only knew that distantly, but I forgot that you would have yeah. such a a closer understanding. I watched than Diana I did. and Charles' wedding. I was really young, but I remember that. And not only that, my Japanese grandmother had it on VHS, so or Beta. Oh, wow. maybe Beta. <laughs> but we watched that shit. Like I've seen that wedding a lot <laughs> in my childhood. So I again, I have this thing of where like both of my grandmothers informed this like love of the monarchy. And so I did kind of too. And as I got older and started to think more for myself and be like, you know what, there's something fucked up about this system. It gets really hard for me to care. And yet, fucking put a documentary up about the royal family and i'm watching that shit put the crown up on netflix i'm watching that shit like i can't help (laughs) it it's and i want to be like no uh my husband grew up in england you know and even he like when he sees me watching royal shit he's just like what the fuck like this is a not us you know but i have this weird pull to them and at the same time think of them as a terrible system and then megan comes in and I mean, I knew it was just like throwing a great grenade into the into the thing, right? Like there was no way she was going to equalize things. People were going to be really massively upset and it was going to reveal a lot of racism. And then there was going to be brown people that were going to be like, one of us, one of us. And yeah. then <laughs> that was me because I didn't understand. <laughs> 
she can't win in her own community. She can't win in their community. And so like, I don't know if you watched the video. I only watched the video of Harry's speech, just that little clip, the main clip that they've been showing. I haven't watched the extended version of it. But hearing him waver, his voice waver a little bit when he said there was no other option. Mm. Honestly, I didn't want to watch it because the whole situation is just too real. I I guess that's weird to say, like, I am in an interracial relationship and we consider ourselves whatever equivalent to marriage because my girlfriend does a thing about the institution of marriage. But there are people in my family and in hers where a lot of what we have together is not acceptable Mm -hmm. and i know from experiences that i've had just growing up i can't imagine watching that like your hurt your just your pain is being put on display you're having to separate from your family like strip away all the titles strip away all this whatever your family who's been followed way too much by Mm -hmm. the press for you to have a normal life Mm -hmm. you've gone through so much tragedy and now your trauma is being put on television and broadcasted to everyone Mm -hmm. i don't know what that would feel like it pulls at all of my maternal feelings Mm. (laughs) even though i'm definitely younger than them i don't know it's just it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking and i think Anytime as people of color and specifically mixed people, we see something fall apart with one of our sisters or one of our people, Mm -hmm. it hurts us too. And I didn't want to not participate, but I just want people to leave them alone. Yeah. (laughs) Just let them live. And I felt like if I was watching, I was participating in this weird voyeurism of their pain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear their happy ending because I got to see their beginning. But at the same time, I would be very happy for them if they never came in the news again for them. Yeah, I yeah, I totally I can I can see that too. Like I said, I didn't watch the extended thing. I just watched that main bit. And when I did it, I guess I'm glad to see Harry say it with his own face versus reading yeah. you know, about it just because I needed to see was it a sacrifice or is it a, a freedom? And mm-hmm. it feels like it's probably both for him. You know, he'll get to have some independence and, and he'll get to um, experience a life, but he's going to face some things that are probably difficult. He's probably going to be... Okay, so when David, King Edward the sixth or fifth, the one who abdicated and which made uh, Princess Elizabeth's father take on the throne, who was King George the fifth or sixth, and then Elizabeth. So she wouldn't have ever been queen had her uncle not abdicated. And he abdicated because he fell in love with an American divorcee. Again, another thing that's informing this pain that the British monarchy is going through is that an American came through and fucked shit up before. This is just um, too much. <laughs> but when when uh, when David, they, they he was King Edward, but his they called him David. When David abdicated and lived his life in exile with Wallace Simpson, the woman, the American divorcee that he married, his life became very difficult because he loved the monarchy. He was of it, but he also hated it because of the way it separated 
the monarchs from the people. And when he fell yeah. in love with a commoner and and basically fought for her, in terms of the romantic tales, he was lifted up. In terms of the practicality of what was going on in England at the time, the war and everything like that, he was turning his back on his English people for the sake of an American. Mm. So he was both like praised at first and then ripped to shreds. And then when he lived in exile, he never got to really be a full person. He was always at the mercy, the convenience and the support of others. Like they had to take care of him. He, he had a very small stipend, things like that. Like he didn't get to be, he didn't get to exist in the life he grew up in and what he understood. And But he didn't know how to be a full ass commoner. So he really struggled throughout the rest of his life. Prince Charles was on the verge of that. When he was he was on the verge of that for Camilla, but lost that fight and ended up, you know, staying in line or, you know, towing the British, the monarchy line. Yeah. Harry's going to have a version of that, except for it's not going to be as bad for him, probably because he is no longer the spare. Yeah. I mean, he's well past well being past the, spare. the spare. Like he's got to lose like and, and look at that tragedy. He would have to lose his father, his brother, his nephews and niece. You know, before he takes on a crown that he was just not going to want at that point, right? Like, it's going to be terrible if that were to happen. Oh, who would want that after losing half your family? It's like, yeah, I get to be king, but fuck, you know, <laughs> like I lost yeah. my whole family. But he he's going to live a weird life for him. And it's going to be it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years if he does pop up in the media or um, because they actually tried to keep David totally out of the media. And every now and then he'd get all kind of big and bad and like do a PR stunt and everybody would be like, shut that shit down. You know, <laughs> you can't do that now. There's pretty much no shutting anything yeah, no, it's down in the So it'll be interesting to see, like, is he going to feel so isolated that they do PR things that puts them in the public eye again? Or are they going to just, like, go into full, we're just regular-ass people who happen to be princesses and princes, you know? Yeah. I wonder if she'll be able to go back into acting. Well, that's the plan. She's already booked a deal with Disney, I believe. Oh, wow. A voiceover deal, which refer back to a clip that uh, Trevor Noah played on um, on The Daily Show, where he see there's a, a side video at the Lion King premiere in London where Prince Harry is basically full on the hustle with the, the head of Disney on behalf of Megan, where he's just like, I don't know if you know this, but like Megan is a voiceover actress and the head of Disney is like, oh, I, I didn't know. And he and Harry goes, hmm, you seem surprised. Well, we're really interested if, uh, you know, if there's anything oh. that we can do. And, uh, and Trevor starts cracking up and he's like, you know, when you see these powerful people or like heads of state and things like that, you think that they're like talking about real big things like climate change and, you know, the state of the union or the state of the world or whatever. And he's like, and Instead, you got Prince Harry like, yo, dog, my wife, like, she's hella good. And like, you know, you and me, like, we could get together. And so he's like, who knew that the prince of fucking Wales, like, one of the princes of Wales would be, like, on that hustle. And then he goes, also, husband, I don't know. It's pretty cute. <laughs> That's so good, though. Like, I, I saw that clip well after I found out that she had already booked a deal with Disney. Um, so that was kind of like a oh retro clip or whatever. It's pretty cute. I'll, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. It's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, like, so she's already booked a deal. That's why she's also in Canada. So it's not it's not just that she's living in isolation in Canada at the moment. She's working towards like her side hustle stuff until they worked out this deal with the royal family to decide what's going to happen. So they are going to split their time between America and Canada and and the UK. Because obviously family. Right, like I imagine they'll still attend all of the major 
events that they would allow everybody to do. You know, there's some things where you only see the king and queen and say Prince Charles. Sometimes Camilla gets to be there. Sometimes she doesn't. And that's because, you know, for as long as protocol lives, there may be time she will not be able to be in the system. I think if if Charles becomes king, he's going to fuck shit up and he's going to make her queen, which is supposed to be the deal that she never gets to be queen. But uh, he's a rebel. So we'll see what happens. I mean, nobody lives forever. Right. I think there's going to be some family events that are royal events that they'll be a part of, but basically they've taken on the responsibility to pay their own bills, which again, the British people should be fucking happy about it. It's, they're not going to be. Yeah. The British monarchy is a drain of like a couple of billion dollars, like multiple billions of dollars a year. I don't know exactly what it was. I've, I heard it recently and I was like, damn, because they have to maintain all the castles, the staff, the foot, like everything that they have to do. And that is a drain on their non-shrimp included food. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) Yeah, like, so they're basically taking us a chunk out of that. You know, you're not going to have to take care of us anymore. We'll do it ourselves, which is why Megan is on her her hustle right now. So she'll she'll do acting definitely because she can make money doing that. And then they're going to establish their charity organization, which is probably primarily what Harry's going to do, which is taking after his own mother as well. Well, I was going to say, from the press coverage I've seen over the years, he does, when he wasn't being crazy, he does like or seem to like charity work. Yeah. It it makes sense fair to me that from what his mom did, obviously post her death, I I would see these things from time to time. Her with little kids and just being a genuine person. She seemed like a very loving person and gave a lot to people regardless of class. And I think that he inherited a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he really loves Africa because that was, uh, I think it was his first royal trip with his mother, I think took them to Africa and her charities were the AIDS charities and all the charities where uh, she basically had to show real like humanity and empathy. Um, She got in trouble in the eighties because she touched an AIDS baby. And, and this was huge in the news. This was like, oh my gosh, the princess touched an infected child and blah, blah, blah. And it reminded... Did they know at the time that's not No, no, no. At the time, everybody thought you could pretty much get AIDS if someone coughed in your face. Like that was, that was in the early Um, days where everybody, like the misinformation was really strong and they were terrified. Like they were terrified that she touched a child, Uh, but she continued to touch children and hold children and comfort them and things like that. So like for her, the charities of places where people were not only impoverished, but like at risk for major health crises or the mines. There was the time also she walked through a field that had mines and she only had a, a face mask and a chest vest. And the royals were like, what the fuck is this bitch doing? Like, she is going to kill us. But it reminded them of the tragedy of David because David also kissed either a leper or somebody who was affected by the war, had some sort of sickness because of the war, and he kissed him on the face and the press went fucking nuts they were like david's gonna die he's gonna be infected and then princess diana does that and they're like don't you remember 80 years ago when this shit happened before (laughs) and so like harry grew up around that like he grew up around his mother saying it doesn't matter that we are what we are we should show empathy and humanity and so he he's really partial to african charities because of that the way he grew up i think i love that Um, he also did his a lot of his some of his military time and his um 
I don't know what they call it. There's a period of, there's like a year or two where when they're in college that they had to go and do like charity somewhere. So Will built houses in like South America or something like that. And Harry was in Africa working on building a school. I didn't know he was in Africa. I don't, again, I didn't know too much about that. Yeah. So I think you're going to, I think. Honestly, this stuff is just not necessary. <laughs> it's not important <laughs> to know. It's totally not important to know. But it's going to explain kind of what happens for them next is, you know, she'll probably yeah. put a big part of the bill because she'll be acting and he'll probably maintain the stewardship of the charity i imagine they'll do a lot Let of him charities. Be her manager i mean i don't even know what he knows how to do you know like i don't know i know that they're well educated but i don't even know like what they know how to do but harry loved being a soldier and he loved his mom's charities and so i imagine that'll be the direction that he goes and in the meantime Although they have stepped away from a lot of the royal duties, I imagine in the meantime, Archie will still be raised with protocols and lessons on how to be a royal and shit like that. Like, I think that stuff is still probably going to happen. I mean, I guess he kind of has to since it's his family. Yeah. Fortunately, unfortunately, I'm really not sure. It's so fucking weird. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) How are we supposed... I honestly, I don't know how we're supposed to feel, which is why I wanted to talk to you about it because my non monarchy mind Mm -hmm. is just like bye (laughs) yeah and i haven't been talking about it because i've just been like oh this kind of bothers the shit up because like i don't know if i'm gonna accidentally reveal some like really deep-seated personal things that i have about being a mixed black brit like i'm struggling with that actually right now in my personal life and um and then i hear this news and i'm like man you gotta remind me that they're like not okay with me being mixed you know like oh that's just another blow yeah yeah exactly like this is on a monarchy level and if the monarchs can't get it together how the fuck is little old mixed Maine gonna be able to to maneuver this world you know i don't know i think that's because ultimately i think i'll end up living in england for a period of time because it's something that really? i really when i was younger and i don't know why like when i when i went there i didn't want to come back honestly like i really actually like london and things like that and um how nobody hugs each other no, and from two cultures where you're just like don't touch me and uh, the brits get it like, <laughs> no, i take that part you know there's aspects of of british culture that i do you know that i grew up and raised in and and love but i feel very complicated about because of the colonial history and because of the current racism and the misguided racist slash anti-muslimness where it's like i'm an atheist i don't support any re- organized religion of any kind but i also do not support the treatment of Muslims on be on just on the face value of them being Muslim, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, just like with the monarchy, we don't like the system, but these are like real people's People. lives. Right, exactly. So I feel I have felt worried about it. And, you know, I want to do right by my fellow mixed black Brits and talk about this shit. But at the same time, like, I feel like I'm just gonna not talk about it well, <laughs> because, you know, a lot of this is informed by my complicated family in which I had a woman who married a black American man came here and yet continued to say that things that implied that her British blood made the black American blood better. You know, I think our perspectives balance it out. You've got that on your side. And I have just the experience from one end, which makes me say things that might be really, really harsh or things that I don't understand, like the titles and how that works. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't around for Diana. I wasn't around for Prince William's rebellious phase. All I knew really was I remember when Prince Harry was being all wild and stuff Mm -hmm. and I was a teenager and I was like, 
I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody kind of thought of him as pretty hot too. Like I, I'm not really attracted to red yeah. hair, so I don't I don't get it. But like I love red hair. <laughs> my husband loves it too. I'm like, all right, like yeah, I guess he's 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 certainly the most attractive between the two brothers now that uh, Will has aged out of his cute period. I guess. <laughs> well, he was never like age appropriate for me to right. He's crush quite on. he's quite I older. Mean, yeah. Prince Harry is like just at that border of where I would want older than me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they look sweet together. Like when I see pictures of him and yeah. and then when they're like the way I mean I did I watched the wedding too. I didn't watch it, I didn't stay up for it, I watched it the next day, um, which was sort of my rebellion as like a Brit <laughs> like a mixed Brit. I was like, I'm not gonna watch it when it's live, I'll watch it later. And I fast forward through most of it, but when I saw him look at her like the first time and stuff, and he like he he did that like oh my gosh moment, I was like, Oh yeah. fuck, he got me. You know, like there's <laughs> there's some photos of him looking at her where I'm just like oh you can feel the love in that look and stuff like that but it's yeah, nobody time. can tell me that their love isn't real nobody can tell me I'm saying I mean that's a huge thing to let go of your entire existence up until this point has been this type of lifestyle and he's gonna be like I'm out and basically what I think he avoided saying because he is a royal but as a man could have said is you treated me and my wife like shit, so I am out and you don't get any more of me. I wish he said more. I, I don't want him to say, I would, I don't wish he had said something that... Yeah, he uh, wouldn't like, have. Like, direct, but I do wish that we would say more. But again, that is what I will say, probably the American side of me that wants that confrontational mm -hmm. acknowledge that this is because you have hurt me and you've hurt my wife. Like I, part of me wants him to say it, but I understand that culturally that's not really something that would happen. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's very frustrating. And I, I think maybe a part of that's projection as well. Yeah. Cause I would want my partner to also be like, yeah, you didn't respect my wife. Bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I think is why the quote, there was no other option carries such the weight that it does and maybe it won't carry this much weight for like the average american watching but for me knowing what i know about how british people are because of the british people i was raised by and knowing yeah. how tight-lipped the monarchy is that is practically throwing his dick on the on the platform and just being like <laughs> fuck y'all like that's a huge statement for a, Br a british royal to say i think <laughs> It is like he's just like fuck you, you know. Like that's no, what I'm laughing because you gave me that mental picture. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, "Whoa!" But it also choked me up a little bit because I can I can hear it. I heard it in his voice in a way that the quote doesn't do on its own, which is. This wasn't easy yeah. to say, I'm going to step away from my life for the sake of my partner, even though my partner stayed away, stepped away from her life for the sake of me, you know? I mean, honestly, I, I think it's the best way to cap this whole thing is like, up until now, you've heard what the press feels, or you've heard what the average, the various average citizens feel, but here's one of two of the most important people in this situation coming out and saying, but if, you know, for lack of a being more direct, he basically said, if you were nicer, if you treated us like you yeah. actually cared, if you treated us with humanity, we would have stayed. But because you treated us the way that you did, 
There was no other option. And he says right ahead of that, he said, we thought that just stepping away from the public funds was going to be enough. Mm -hmm. When it became obvious that that wasn't, there was no other option. Okay, I can see that more. Well, that makes more sense. Uh, I'm not here for like reality TV, wanting people to go crazy. Mm -hmm. I just... It, it hurts me anytime things like this come up because every time that we think we're past, we as a society are past racism mm -hmm. or especially right now where I was really hoping and I keep trying to bury my head in the sand and be like, it's just America that's being super crazy and racist right now. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. No. Like, it just feels like we can't go anywhere. Right. Like, it does feel like for a while people thought that, like, British people was the way that you could be black and comfortable. You know, you like, we have this yeah. this misconception about it. The weird thing is about, like, British um, TV and art and stuff like that, or even in the culture, they acknowledge mixed people differently than we do here. Like, they actually, yes. in TV, you know, if they see a black person who is not super dark skin they'll say you're half and half right and it's this weird thing that happens in in like tv and and movies british movies it's like it's their way of being like hey we identify you as mixed but they don't have a good question they don't have a good way of doing it being so they to ask yeah way of like you're half and half right and then the mixed person <laughs> true to bit british form right like it's so you know like for here the question is what are you there the question is you're yeah. half and half Right. And so like it's a part of their culture. They they acknowledge that we exist and they but they have the same problems that we have in terms of like allowing us to maneuver in our mixedness the way we maneuver, not the way they've decided for us. So I, I would like to take comfort in the fact that somewhere they're doing it correctly. But I think <laughs> that I, I think that's just like, I don't know. It's really hard to let go of the idea that uh, someone is doing it right. Someone is handling the globalization that's happening, the mixed children that are coming out of it well. And I think maybe on like a nuclear level, mm -hmm. it might be happening. There are families mm -hmm. that are accepting. We still have a long, a long way to go way. as far as the global community. Yeah. It's just disappointing. Yeah, I haven't been talking about it on my own show yet or in my own platforms because it does feel kind of like it's bringing up things from my family's past that I didn't really think that I hadn't really dealt with. Like, you know, I do militantly mix and I feel like mixed AF and I'm like, I know my shit and I know myself. But, you know, you think a little bit and you discover you have some problems that you haven't really addressed or some, you know, shame in some of your mixed heritage that you haven't really addressed. And that's kind of what I'm going through right now. And to see that, like, what I'm going through personally is being mirrored in the public I through the royal family is just like, oh, fuck you guys. Don't make me deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't even blame you for that because it's just, it's hard. It's hard. And to see something that was supposed to be good, something that was supposed to be somewhat revolutionary, something that was beautiful to us end up this way mm -hmm. is really, really hard. And I don't even know how hard it is for them personally. Mm -hmm. I think we both have reasons we wanted to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, they kind of balance each other out and yeah. give a more rounded view of it. 
I'm definitely glad to have a teammate in the discussion because I, I told you off air I recorded my own thing and I when listening back in editing I felt like I sounded like a crazy person so <laughs> I maybe didn't it hear was, it. <laughs> maybe it was necessary in your it was necessary in your process. Like I needed to vent to... it, but the rest of the world didn't yeah. need to hear that shit. <laughs> yeah. So you had your test run, you got your feelings out. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still got your feelings in here. It's a hard thing to talk about I think and no matter what side you're coming from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unless you just don't care either way. I mean there's times when I do sometimes kind of wish I could do that but at the end of the day like my whole fucking life is mixed like everything is so mixed centric like yeah besides doing the podcast like I it's basically how I introduce myself to every human it's like hello my name is Charmaine I am mixed race and here's how you're gonna have to deal with me you know <laughs> you know no, I can't even if it. we didn't introduce ourselves that way it's always going to come up. It's going to come up. Yeah. You know, it's always going to be a thing. So, yeah. But thank you for sharing this with me because I think it helped me having to do it without um, having to do it solo. And um, and that's cool. Yeah, have another springboard. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining me so I don't like end up trash talking and offending uh, my second highest. Oh, I just remembered. <laughs> oh, is, is the UK my... your second highest download second? Yes. That's funny. Hi, UK listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, what I'm waiting for is my mixed Brits to hit me back and be like, well, you fucked up here. Like, you kind of got this part right, but you got this part wrong. And I'll be like, well, I grew up in America. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, this is the If you have listened this long, this is your disclaimer. <laughs> I am an American who is a product of the education system mm -hmm. that is America-centric. I know you have royalty and you have other feelings probably, but this is something I wanted to talk about. Please do not murder me. You're like, I just want to support my mixed sister. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Both of my mixed sisters at this point. <laughs> okay, I know that was a little longer than usual, but we had a lot of fun. There was a lot of nuance that goes into talking about this. I honestly could not have had this conversation without Charmaine. If you like her, I mean, how can you not? You can find her at Militantly Mixed on all of the social media. She has Instagram, Twitter, and a Facebook page with a Facebook group that you can join. So go follow our mixed sister. What are you waiting for? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Some Kind of Brown, and I would love to interact with you over, especially on Instagram. You can also join us on Patreon for ad-free episodes, after-interview debriefs before the episode comes out, stickers, t-shirts, and more. Another great way to support the podcast is to subscribe wherever you're listening and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Podchaser to help our brownish family grow. You can find the links to everything and more in the show notes through the link tree on my social media bios. All of your support is what keeps this podcast going. Thank you to purpleplanet.com for the use of their song Love Life, and I'll see you later with some more Shades of Brown. <laughs>